And then the week after that is International Podcast Day. So figure it out. What do we want to do for that show? Okay. We should do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For real. (laughs) That's asking too much. Yeah, too much work, dude. This is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, my name is Rob Minow, and joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello again, everybody. And uh, hey, look who it is, Mr. Steve Barkley. He's back. Steve. Yay. Hey, me. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> I am back, and I once again have a functioning audio interface. Yay. Woo-hoo. Yeah, you're yeah. coming in good. Welcome back. Well, thanks. It's good to be here. Where you been? I'm shaking. I've been everywhere, man. (laughs) (laughs) On details. (laughs) I've been from downtown to Surrey. It's been Langley. I went to Langley. Okay, forget it. You went camping for a week. (laughs) Yeah, I was camping for a week, yeah. Yeah. How to the doctors? Got a prostate. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, now we're sorry we asked. TMI, TMI. Now we're keeping all that in. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well. Hey. Listen. It's important. <laughs> Exploratory. Yep. I. I suppose. Yeah. You know. I. Th- I thought the limit was uh, two fingers, though. <laughs> <laughs> Did they at least take the jewelry off? Well, no, no, no. She's got really sharp fingernails too for a doctor. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and there goes the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it helps when you take in, you know, samples and stuff. But boy, whew. well, yeah, you guys have been kind of a mess. Rob had hernia surgery, and you've been to the doctor, and yeah, I got my surgical referral today. Uh, yeah, you got to get your hernia too done, eh? That's right. Yeah, I got a new one. I, my, my, unlike Rob's, which was just a recurrence of the same one, mine is a brand new one. Wow, it's it's shiny and bulgy. Well, no, actually, I found I found out more information after they did the surgery. As it turned out, it didn't recur. Like the the mesh didn't fail. It just went around went, it. Went around it. Well, that's what you get for all that heavy lifting. <laughs> this Kansas Chef Boyardee, pretty heavy. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Just, it's just a, it's just a thing. It's just guys, we get them. <laughs> no, you get them. <laughs> well, believe me, don't worry. Well, I know it'll catch up to me at some point. Well, if we have anything to say about it, that's right. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's all pitch in and get Ryan a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> Start a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Uh, There's a T-shirt. There's a T-shirt there. Wait. So did you say you got your surgery date? No, I've got a consult date. I haven't got a surgery oh, you got a, date yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, you probably it probably won't take long. It didn't only take like a couple months to. Yeah, but the problem is our COVID numbers are going up. Yeah, well, that's true. Sooner the better. 
Yeah, I don't see the dock till December, so yeah. Good luck. You, yeah, you might as well just wait till there's a vaccine, or whatever, or whatever happens, or or half the planet leaves from Mars. I don't know. Who even knows what's gonna? How we're gonna get ourselves out of this one? I just need to drink more tarantula. Yeah, true that. Not this cowboy. No. Why? I'm on the wagon again. Oh, not again. You do that? Why? Just because you went camping for a week and then couldn't walk or what? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Fairly accurate, actually. Keep drinking and just stop going camping. (laughs) Seems to be a link there. (laughs) It's the drinking that's the problem. It's so much easier to lie down at home. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Oh, man. All right. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, what are we doing? Today, we are speaking with Chara from Mediate, who are the developers of the SuperSense AI app for iOS and Android. Uh-huh, interesting. And now, have you taken a look at this app? I have taken a look at this app, and it has some of the same functionalities as Envision AI or Seeing AI. So it's going to be interesting to talk to them about you know the differences and why do they think we need another app? That ends in AI. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> AI is the hot word of the year. It's true. It's not even a word. Well, that's true. I guess. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Is it in the dictionary? No. no? I don't think it's not. Well, AJ is already taken up by names. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys, before we before we, we, uh, we bring them on, though, I, wanted, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this. Did you see this uh, announcement that... Um, that Facebook has launched this Project Aria? Yeah, that's not going to cause confusion at all. Well, I don't think they know anything about Ira, but, um, or maybe, who knows, maybe it is. I could put on my conspiracy theory hat, but um, no, this is interesting. This really seems to be, so for anyone who doesn't really know uh, what the hell we're talking about, it's uh, Project Aria is is an announcement from Facebook that they're starting a new research project um, on a new wearable augmented reality device, aka pair of smart glasses. So, you know, of course, and this isn't really a prototype. It's not anything that is even close to being market ready. This is basically just them trying some stuff out. But it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, you, what do you guys think? Is this going to, is this, an, you know, another step closer to us actually getting a, a, a pair of, or, or even of AR really penetrating the market because we even on our, our smartphones, you know, if unless you count Pokemon Go, which AR I do, isn't really something that's really useful. Yeah, or even really that people really do much with, aside from maybe the odd game. A- AR to this point has been pretty underwhelming. Yeah, and I think you know, like we're gonna have to wait and see what the other big players do like Google and Apple, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over Facebook for a number of years. And I personally haven't seen it yet, but there's a new documentary on Netflix called social dilemma, which seems to raise a lot of red flags about social media in general. So is, is, or can Facebook be trusted? You know, we've, we've given them all of our information. Um, there's been lots of controversy over Facebook. Um, I don't know. Are they the right people? I would say a hearty no. Oh, you guys. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I see. I don't know about that. I think that, I mean, look at the Oculus, right? Facebook bought Oculus 
and they you know they developed the the quest which actually is a pretty good unit um and has done a pretty decent job in in penetrating that virtual reality market so i mean they might be onto something um and really any of these guys that are working on these things i feel like if they can drive the technology forward everybody's going to benefit and look at you, glass half full. Indeed. <laughs> no, you're right. Drinking that Kool-Aid. That's right. <laughs> I just want, I want the next thing. I'm, I'm impatient. I want the next smartphone revolution. You know, obviously not a smartphone, but like just the next thing that really drives things. But, you know, smartphones and then digital assistance. I'm ready for something new. Well, we've been saying for a while now that, you know, is this going to be the year of the wearables? Is next year going to be the year of the wearables? And, you know, we've had some interviews with, with other manufacturers in the past that have said the technology just really isn't there yet. You know, the battery drain on, on the current devices that we use, overheating issues, um, you know, it sounds like it's a hard science issue. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but then again, obviously that, you know, Guys like Facebook, they're working on it. They're they're actively trying to figure out what they can do, um, and that technology is changing all the time. So um, I don't know. I I kind of dig this. I I'm I'm excited that they're they're actively working on this, and I mean it sounds cool. And there's a lot of potential here for both in the AT space, but even in just in the mainstream, there's a there's a lot of really cool things that we could do with something like a pair of smart glasses that really incorporates both AR and AI for that matter into it. Well, let me ask you, Steve, because, you know, you carry a product called the Iris Vision, which is based off the Samsung devices. It's a form of VR. Um, but what has the reception been to that technology? Well, it's a VR headset, but it's it's set up as a low vision aid to to look through the camera of, of a uh, cell phone and have it displayed on virtual reality glasses. Um, it, it's been, you know, pretty well accepted by anybody who can, you know, functionally use it. Um, and it can be a real game changer for a lot of people with low vision who, you know, are able to see the virtual reality uh, screens. You know, they've, they've got about 35 degrees of field of view per eye and for a lot of people with a lot of different eye conditions, that's great, um, particularly since it's a lot better than a lot of the other products that are out on the market. But there's a lot of people who have central vision loss where their central vision loss encompasses that 35 degrees as well, and they just can't make use of it. So um, it's it's kind of a hit-miss product. You know, it's, it's, it's something that people have to try out. They have to, you know, experiment with and see if it's going to actually be functional for them. Um, but so you, it's not, it, it's not really what I would consider a virtual reality product per right. se. So you almost need something that has a camera kind of, I don't know how that would even work, kind of looking back at your eye to see where you're focusing on and then it could, you know, refract or reflect that image back out so that the device knows which direction you're looking at and then could, you know, give you that information that you're looking for. I don't know how that would work, but Here, here's the thing that got me really excited about the idea of augmented reality. I am terrible with names. So if I could wear a small camera and walk around and have it 
look at people's faces and tell me their names. <laughs> that would be an incredibly powerful thing for me. Right. It would. Yeah. Because it's embarrassing to forget people's names. And I have Swiss cheese when it comes to, to nailing people's names. And strangely, I can know somebody really, really well. But if somebody asks me to introduce them, my brain will just switch off. It will it will absolutely not allow me to access their name. So I hmm. I tend to just not introduce people because I'm I'm embarrassed that I'm gonna like forget their name or something. Right. Even if I've known them for years. And uh uh that technology is one of the ones that privacy advocates are dead set against hmm. because all of a sudden you're storing visual information people's names that can be misused by you know governments law enforcement all of these different um potential invasive applications i don't want to use it invasively i just want to know what people's freaking names are <laughs> but but you know there, there's all of these um ethical pitfalls that come alongside augmented reality and how we make use of it so uh, we've got we've got a long way to come on it right now and you know the only thing that we've been able to come up with so far that that people don't get really squirrely about is, uh, you know, watching uh, Pikachu across the street. So, <laughs> go figure. Interesting. Maybe, maybe we should uh, perhaps bring a guest on. Ooh, wow! Look at you back, and you're on fire. I am Segway Machine. Captain Segway. Love it. What do we, what do we do next, Bat Boy? Joining us now is Shara from SuperSense. So, Shara, I am Ryan again. Thank you so much for joining us. In the room with me today is Rob Minot. Hello. Hi. And we have a, well, he used to be a regular to the show, but he's made an appearance again, Mr. Steve Barkley. Hello there. Thank you very much for hosting me today. All right, Chara, so why don't we start at the beginning? You guys, we, we wanted to have you on the show to talk about the SuperSense AI app, but why don't we start really at the beginning, and can you tell us a little bit about how Mediate um, formed and how you guys got together? So my co-founder, Emre, has a background in social entrepreneurship and previously built NGOs that help people uh, in the topics of technology, literacy, and uh, similar topics. And I have a background in artificial intelligence. When we first started this company, we wanted to create an, an AI product that has a true impact and solve problems that are really hard to solve. My focus, my research focus was spatial artificial intelligence. Uh, and I tried to make machines that can understand spaces. And then we discovered that we can make a true difference if we apply this technology to solving problems that visually impaired and blind community have. So our vision, vision from the beginning has been helping the community to have more fulfilling and productive lives. So, and then we started working on the SuperSense project about three years ago. Since then, we have been working on it. And so what is SuperSense? SuperSense is an AI-powered application that uh, tries to help with the different problems of uh, visually impaired and uh, blind communities, such as reading text or finding their ways. Um, we have a couple of features that includes text reading, barcode reading, money recognition, um, as well as uh, newly coming navigation-oriented features. So it's a bundle of uh, solutions that we think are the best 
that fit to the needs of visually impaired community. Right. And with, you know, I'm sure you guys came into this knowing that there were other, you know, OCR or object recognition apps on the market. What made you continue pursuing this? Yeah. So we started off by talking people, actually. Um, we tried to understand what's the real problem out there, even if there are already certain solutions and applications. Uh, so throughout our entire development process, we try to get informed by our users and make the decisions based on what they say. So we developed a couple of unique features that only SuperSense have, such as our guidance system, which helps a person find the, the optimal angle to take a picture of a document so that the camera can see all the text within the document. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback about this feature, and people said this was one of the things that they really needed. Another one is the smart scanner. We realized that one of the hurdles of using a smartphone is there are a lot of buttons and menus to go from, say, reading a text to recognizing a barcode. We said, oh, why don't we create a smart scanner that already knows what you're trying to do? Like looks at the image and says, oh, this must be a document or this must be a barcode. So automatically initiates all the recognition process based on what it thinks out there. So these are like some examples of what makes SuperSense different and unique. Yeah, and I've I've tried uh, SuperSense on my iPhone 10. I'm totally blind myself, and I did notice that you know both SuperSense and VoiceOver would would talk. And I know your app's also available on Android. So do you need to actually have VoiceOver or TalkBack enabled, or is it self-voicing? It's you don't have to have VoiceOver TTS enabled, but. Uh, our system works both with without, and with and without the voiceover system. Uh, we designed this app completely in mind, having a person who is completely blind. So uh, probably they have the voiceover on. Uh, we try to sort of cater the best experience for that. Is there uh, is there anything specific that you would say sets your app aside from the other types of apps uh, or the other apps out on the market that um, that serve a similar purpose? Yeah, uh, as I said, we are trying to understand the right problems and provide the right solutions. Our smart guidance system and smart scanner is unique. Uh, we develop both of these features in collaboration with our users. We sort of think of our community not as our customers, but as our partners. Uh, in a sense, we are not designing that for the users, but they are designing with them. Uh, so I think that sets us eyes from others. Uh, we have a, a great community of people who are helping us to find out what is needed. Uh, throughout this process, we try to learn from our mistakes and quickly improve. Um, so, so far, all the features that we have developed has uh, aspects that I think and our team thinks that has the, uh, a quite a good fit for the needs. Uh, so this is like our principle. We are trying to follow a user-centric design approach, not really try to just sort of solve, like it's not about developing a you know, high-tech solution. It's about giving the right solution, most efficient and most robust one. It's really hard. Uh, I think by talking to our customers and users on a daily basis, uh, we are trying to arrive there. And so how does AI help with that? 
Good question. Oh, AI is now, I, I'm sure you heard of a lot of things about AI. It's a very big field. It can help it from understanding the user's intent in our case, in the smart scanner case, to um, deciphering an image to extract variety of information. Um, we try to use AI uh, sparingly, not just sort of throw all the existing models and methods to make our app sort of cool. Instead, we try to, again, try to find the right use of each AI algorithm we develop and then um, apply the right solution. So for example, we have been working on navigation solutions. We don't have too many features right now in our app. We have an object explorer that basically allows you to uh, understand what is around you. It identifies about 600 different types of objects uh, from a camera image in real time. So it can announce you, for example, if there is a door in front of you. Right now, we are also adding a distance a prediction to that. So it will soon say how far the door from you as well. So these are all different AI algorithms that we are using right now. Um, also, AI helps us to, <clears throat> um, again, understand the user's intent, not only for like the smart scanner case, but also we are trying to understand how can we make our user interface much more robust. So we apply AI algorithms to understand uh, what is the optimal way of providing the information to the user. So we use in very different forms of AI in the process. And is all of that processing done on the device or does it have to go to the cloud and, and do the processing and then send the information back? Majority of the information is processed in local on the device. We have AI models that run directly on the phone. Uh, our object explorer, text recognizer, barcode recognizer, they're all local. But we also have services that uses online, like uh, we are a high accuracy document reader uses our servers to decipher the text and respond back if the user needs a high quality text recognition. But we try to keep everything on local as much as we can. Right. Is that to make it, is, is that to, to really improve the, the speed of it? Or is it more of a, of a broadband data concern? There are multiple concerns. The, our first concern is we thought like when people need something like reading a text, they don't necessarily have a network connection. They might not have it. So if we make our system rely on network, we don't have the right solution for people. So we want to make it reliable. Therefore, we try to make everything local. So even if you don't have net network connection, you can still use most of our functionality. This is one. The second one is some of the things that we saw might be private. People would be hesitant to share their information, even if it's just processing the data uh, with someone else through network. So we decided that we should keep as much as we can the information collected from the camera and the device on local device so that people are more, you know, they have peace of mind that they know they're not sharing their information with third parties. And I just need to say we are not actually using this information for any, any other purpose but help the users. But I know that people have privacy concerns as well. Right. And one of the features I saw in the app was the ability to make a call 
So does that go to you guys? And then how does that work? Yeah, uh, our community manager, Shane, uh, is managing that connection. Uh, if a user has a problem, say they, they couldn't use our barcode scanner, we let them call us. And Shane responds right now every single call and helps the user and tells them how to use it. And if there's any problem that there's a bug or anything else, Shane tells us and then our developer team addresses those bugs. So we try to have a streamlined connection with our users. So does Shane, right now, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, does Shane actually have like the ability to use the camera on the device to aid the user, kind of like an IRA or a Be My Eyes? No, no, right now it's not about like, uh, looking at what people are looking at and tell them like like uh be my eyes or ira it's it's more like helping people to use our applications features um, we want our users to have uh, best out of the experience we provide so if a user has a problem with using any feature we want to have a direct connection with them so that we can help them to use it um, but we don't have um, an in-person assistance for people for other problems like IR. Have you thought about partnerships like with companies like Be My Eyes? Um, yeah, we are partners, not with Be My Eyes, but uh, since a year or so, we have been partnered with a professor from All In College who developed an application called Clue uh, that helps a person to create routes in physical spaces and retrace them later on. Um, so, for example, if you move from one room to another and you want to find the, the exact same room, you can record your route and come back. Um, Paul Rivolo, the professor Paul Rivolo is actually helping us to have a similar feature in SuperSense. So this is one of the collaborations that we have started in the past and we are still working on it. So in terms of the, the actual technology, like the AI, that it's, it's such an evolving field. Um, do you find that that really has an impact on on the app and, and how you guys are developing it as that technology just gets better and better with with every you know with every day really? Yeah, I mean <laughs> this is both our leverage and our challenge. I myself I am an AI scientist. I have been developing artificial intelligence models and implementing them different devices and I know for the fact that every single day there is a better model, a better algorithm and better hardware. So we try to keep being up to date with our technology, but this is really challenging. Uh, right now, I, like we are developing uh, really cool features like uh, predicting distance of objects from the user. Uh, any algorithm we use becomes outdated in a couple of months. So we try to keep everything up to date every day. So our team is working very hard to make sure that we provide the state of the art technology to the users. But as you suggested, AI is evolving very quickly. It is for the good, by the way. Um, our object explorer has not been as good as what it is today, like two months ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you think AI will get to the point where it can actually replace like a sighted assistant? That's our vision. Our vision is to make uh, AI something that actually helps people not automates things and takes the jobs away from people when people think of ai they think of this evil thing that will take our jobs away <laughs> and invade the world 
instead we are thinking AI can really, truly have an impact in our lives. We think AI is an enabler of human ability. That's how we frame AI. We want AI to be our assistance in a sense that it will basically provide opportunities for everyone, uh, for every single purpose from education to healthcare to finding jobs. So I think AI will replace humans in that sense for helping each other. Well, I'm out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> there will be more jobs for us. I'm sure. So where are you guys at? Have you been considering wearables? We know that Apple and Google and now Facebook have announced, you know, they're all kind of working on prototypes, um, mm -hmm. AR, VR, you know, all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Are you guys looking at that field as well? Yes, we are mostly hardware agnostic. We are developing a technology that can be implemented in embedded devices, in smartphones and wearables as well. We have been closely following up all the developments. We have not developed a wearable ourselves because we knew that first we should reach out to our customers and provide our solution so that we know we have the right solution. But I already mentioned that we are using all the subsystems in both Apple and Google's Android system. Mm -hmm. So once they have a variable device, we will be easily implementing everything for those devices too, especially in the realm of augmented reality. Uh, we are on top of our business. And the moment Apple comes up with a variable device, we have a strategy to just basically port our application to whatever comes next. And so what are some examples where AR will help those of us who are blind? Because I, I can't wrap my head around what AR is. You know, I remember people talking about Pokemon or Pikachu or something, but, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. When, when people talk about AR, they talk about, like, they think about adding some cool graphics into images that appear to be part of the world. When we think of AR, we are thinking of locating a person in physical space and finding about the information around them. Um, for example, with AR, we can add information to physical space where you can store the information. For, for example, when you go to a restaurant, uh, one of the challenges our customers have is finding where the restroom is. Um, and each in each restaurant, there's a different restroom in different place. So this is a challenge for, for our customers. So if you can store that information somehow, the location of the door to the restroom, someone has come and bring up their phone or their variable device and look around and then be notified the direction and distance of the door from themselves. So they can actually find the door. Uh, so AR allows us to store this type of information in physical spaces. It could be also replacing GPS because, you know, GPS is not reliable uh, because it has like a 30 meters or so uh, error rate. It might think that you're in the right side of the road while you're in the left right. You might think you're you're walking north wide, but north towards north while you're working the other way. So it's not really reliable. With AR, you can actually increase the precision so you can find the door to a shop in a in like a millimeter precision and also navigate within the shop and find specific objects and places 
So this is how we think AR is going to change the lives of our customers. Uh, we are right now, we're already implementing a lot of those in our upcoming feature set related to navigation. So with your example, like a, a finding a, a restroom in a restaurant, would there have to be like a, a server somewhere that is storing these data points that get shared out to everybody that has the app or how, how does that work? Yeah, but there are different ways that could be a peer to peer. Uh, for example, the restaurant might store that information themselves and when you arrive there, it can directly send that information to your phone. So there, there shouldn't like that. We don't have to have a central place where to store all the information. You can store that locally on your phone or your friend can send that information to you. So there are different ways to do it. Okay. So, I mean, really, it sounds like you are just sort of, along with a lot of other people, you're kind of just waiting for that augmented reality revolution, which, you know, realistically, I feel like everybody's kind of waiting on Apple to see what <laughs> they're going to do in that space to really drive that field forward. Is that is that kind of how you see it as well? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be a revolution. We we are already we already have a lot of resources at our hands that to develop the next generation solutions in AR. Um, hopefully, with with the variables, it will be more accessible and easier to use. But just with your iPhones today, uh, we feel like we can already provide you these solutions already. So. I think the AR revolution already happened. We are just not aware of it yet. Interesting. One challenge, of course, is like finding the optimal solutions again. Like AR is a little bit heavy in computation side right now. Today's hardware is just not good enough. Uh, if you start using AR on your phone, probably your phone is going to uh, die out in two hours. So it's not ideal. So the solutions are more like you know, hardware related more than software related today. Well, is there anything more you can add about the, the, the navigation aspect to SuperSense? You know, kind of where is that at right now? We currently released the explore function. This was basically the first feature of our navigation suite. Uh, with that, we also are developing a find feature, which will allow you to find a specific object. It's more, more like a radar, like say you want to find um, your cup. So you, you're going to select from our list cup and it will basically make a beeping sound whenever it finds it. This is the second feature It's going to be released this week. And then we are working on the distance related features. We are trying to provide people with um, an under overall understanding of a layout of a room. So say if there's a corridor, we will try to tell how far a certain object is on that hall or any other object, to be honest. And then we are starting to think about how we can actually create more understanding of space. We are right now really in sort of a brainstorming and feature development uh, phase where we try to find out what is the right way to provide all this information to our users. You know, uh, seeing AI has a feature like scene understanding. I think that's like a good start, but it's not enough. Uh, what do you think should be there for a scene understanding feature? Like you mentioned earlier, you know, I, I did install the app. I'm not sure if my trial has expired or not yet, but, you know, I did point it at the TV and it said TV. I pointed at my dog, it said dog. That's, you know, again, I guess it's limited by the technology or the AI still. You know, I'd like to see more specifics like, Cocker Spaniel, 
instead of just dog um or you know cat you know maybe i don't know black cat brown cat white cat um and maybe we're just not there yet but also when you were talking about exploring or searching around for your cup is that is there a directory of items that you can choose from that you want to actually search the room for yes exactly okay our fine allows you to pick a category like uh, cups and related items right. or individual item as well and then it will let you just search for just for that item right this is a very interesting and exciting field actually we are like thinking literally every day about about what should we do next in this field uh, i think this is we are in the very beginning and we hope to improve our system over the months much much more in comparison to what it is today. Uh, as you said, just suggested, maybe like we also have a prototype of a system where it allows you to scan your own object. Say you have a very particular cup, it says like, I love mom. And you want to find that particular cup. You can actually train the system to find that particular cup uh, or any object. I want to be a beta tester. I want to find my guitar tuner and my capo, and <laughs> I got a lot of stuff I cool. need to find. Cool. <laughs> I'm to share with you our uh, working prototype. We already have a system that allows you to do that. Um, but again, we don't want to just push all the features into SuperSense. We are trying to keep SuperSense is as the most efficient and robust uh, assistant. If we just keep adding features, it will become much, much more. Uh, harder to find the particular thing that we are looking for. So we are trying to be cautious about changing the state of the app so mm -hmm. frequently so that our users, you know, feels like they don't know what they're using every day. I need something that will be organized for me and find things for me because I'm getting old and my memory is going. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is like, uh, it's a challenge for everyone of us, every <laughs> each of us, you know? Every one of us lose things yep. and don't know where things are. Exactly. I know for that. And yeah, this we want to make that uh, a feature for the SuperSense in incoming versions for sure. So, is there a cost involved with SuperSense? We are charging a, a monthly or yearly subscription or a lifetime usage cost. Um, but we have a one-week trial period where you can try all the functionalities of the app. And then we ask you to subscribe to use our premium features. Uh, but you can keep using SuperSense for reading text, which is free, uh, even if you don't subscribe for it. Right. But yeah, as you can imagine, we will need to be a sustainable business at the same time so all, to develop all the school features in the future. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to make our premium uh, for a subscription or a lifetime price. Sure. Yeah, I find it interesting just on a little different tangent here when, you know, you talked about you know, spatial AI. When I was in school, I've, I had no idea what career I was going to go into, but none of this stuff existed now, right? It's, this is kind of like Star Trek. <laughs> it just blows my mind. <laughs> you know, there was no spatial AI back in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was also my dream. Like I have been working in this field for almost 10 years now. My desire is to have machines, not to become like this super efficient uh, things that solve a problem very well, but 
really doesn't make any difference in our lives. Uh, in order to make machines really relevant to us, they need to understand our space and how we live and how we interact with our environment. This is really hard. Uh, this is one of the hardest challenges for AI to make, make an AI to understand how humans interact with space uh, so that they actually can be a, a companion in our lives. Uh, I hope in the future, and I'm sure it's, look, there are a lot of brilliant people working in the field there will be much, much better AI solutions that will help people in their everyday lives beyond what we are providing for our customers. Can you build me an AI companion bot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a Google Home. I like to you know, converse with Google Home day to day. Although yep. I know this is just a machine program to say things in a certain way. Yep. Still feels good, you know? To have someone to talk to. <laughs> That's right. All you have to do is figure out how to put arms and legs on the Google Home. And <laughs> go, go make my coffee. <laughs> um, no, you you um, you mentioned earlier, and I sort of want to go back and hit on it. But you you talked a little bit about the the community, and it seems to me with it with an app like this, you guys must have a really close relationship with the community in order to help really builds better usability into it, but also just, uh, I mean, I'm sure there are, have been revelations as you've developed the app in terms of how users interact with both the app and the environments around there. How close is that relationship with the community for you guys? Well, I think one of the best thing about SuperSense is it's completely community driven. Like when we started doing this project, Almost immediately, we started reaching out to organizations around the United States and the world uh, start to, just to start a conversation, just to start, just to understand what is missing in the field. We started by talking to people. And from the very first feature, we developed with our customers. We do, for example, focus groups, very frequent. Actually, after COVID, it has been sort of stalled, as you can imagine. But we have been getting together with like groups of 10 or 20 people and literally together try to design a feature, really understand what they want and get their feedback. Uh, from there, we start to build uh, more uh, institute relationships. Like in Boston, there is Perkins School for the Blind and Carroll Center for the Blind. Also, like every state has their own organizations. We are reaching out each of those, uh, talk to them and let them know about ourselves. Uh, one of the things that we do in the United States that uh, we collaborate with states to reimburse our customers for the cost of SuperSense. Um, we try to make it uh, make our coverage even wider. Uh, but you know, the com like community organizations are really helpful in this in this sense. We reach out to them and tell them there is this solution. If if any of their constituents are interested in SuperSense, um, let them know, and then they actually reimburse them for the SuperSense's cost, which which has been very uh, productive uh, collaboration for us as well. Um, yeah, so literally we are like very happy to be part of the community, and we are trying to even, as I said try to even make our reach wider. Yeah, I mean, I just want to add this. 
when you ask the what what makes SuperSense different from let's say seeing AI or Envision AI, we talk about it and we say we are not here for like vicious competition. The the ecosystem needs to be needs to be much bigger. So we need to collaborate. We are here for collaboration with our competitors. We actually like I personally know some of those persons who are developing other solutions and really what we need is to improve the ecosystem to a level where we can provide solutions for our customers uh, learn from each other you know if we develop a great solution i'm happy if one of my competitors adopt that solution it, which means that we are actually improving the whole ecosystem so i just wanted to add that uh, one of i think one of the um opportunities here is help each other to grow this market and grow this field into like a couple of magnets larger where it should be well it's another tool in our toolbox that's for sure and that's one thing we've noticed over the years is there isn't a one-size-fits-all you know everybody has their own way of doing things and you know super sense might be the right fit for somebody so you hope to be a very great fit for many people uh, we are going there. We are here for a very long run, uh, I assure you, and hope to keep you updated about the developments, what's going on SuperSense in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you want to come on, uh, anytime there's a new development, or which is, you know, with, with AI evolving the way that it does, I'm sure next week you... <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a show. We have a show booked yeah. next week. <laughs> I mean... If you're serious, I can be here every week because <laughs> we have a company culture. We push a new version every week, even if just slight differences. We try to keep like a clock. We push and push and push every week. Well, each week, Rob, maybe we need to have a super sense spotlight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm happy to join. <laughs> yeah, I do this week. That's right. We want to thank you so much for taking some time out and uh, talking to us about uh, SuperSense. Where can people find the app if they are interested in it? Uh, they can find us on App Store and Android Google Play. Uh, they can search SuperSense AI. Also, they can find us on our website, supersense.app with double Ps. And it is available on iOS as well, so. Yes, both Android and iOS, right. yes. Hopefully, yeah. once people hear this episode next week, you'll be flooded with downloads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a pleasure for me to join you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Awesome. Yeah, we, we have this thing that we call the AT Banter Bump. So immediately following the release of this podcast, uh, you'll probably have at least one more visitor. <laughs> 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 Great to hear that. <laughs> you know, we have the servers ready. That's right. <laughs> All right, Chara. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and we'll we'll talk to you thank soon. You. My pleasure. Thanks. Bye. 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 Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. World AI. Here I come. You know, I, I more and more I get the sense that. AI is just not a specific enough term. It's, it's just become too amorphous. 
I, I feel like we need to have several terms within AI to kind of narrow down what people are doing inside that that space. Yeah, I'm the same way when people use the term accessible. Drives me nuts. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see what these apps are, are starting to be able to do. Like, you know, even five years ago, if you were to describe what SuperSense could do to somebody, they'd be like, well, that's science fiction. Right? Yeah, that's right. But, you know, here we are. Um, so, you know, it makes you wonder what's, what is, are things going to look like in five, another five years? We'll be walking around with the Geordie visor. Yeah, maybe. Could be. All right, dudes, do you want to uh, draw for a jersey? We have a draw to do. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah, draw. Yeah, okay. Hang on. Here's the question. What do we want to draw for first? Oh, it's a big one. You want to do the jersey first? Yeah. All right, let's do the jersey. The big one. The last one. Yes, this is the uh, the coveted, the much coveted flurry jersey, I believe. Woohoohoo! Oh boy! Oh boy! Okay, you ready? We are ready. Are you sure you're ready? And the winner of the flurry jersey is Shan Noise. Ooh! Oh, Shan's gonna be so excited. <laughs> yes, he will be. Cosplay as Ryan. Congratulations, Shan. He'll be walking all around Saskatchewan going, I'm Ryan Flurry. <laughs> it doesn't say Ryan on it, it just genius. says Flurry. <laughs> Super genius. All right. Now Cowbell. the cowbells. Number one. Cowbell, please. Winner of cowbell number one is Doug Murray. Woo! Okay. Winner, winner of cowbell number two is Lisa Lawson. <laughs> and maybe if she's feeling super duper nice, she might share it with her husband, Mike. Mm, probably. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to all of our winners. Woo! <laughs> the enthusiasm is overwhelming. <laughs> Insert applause sound there. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Sound of the stadium cheering. Look yep. with all the effects. We gotta pay for those. We don't have the budget for sound effects, Ryan. Yeah, um, sure we do. Well, what you can do is Ryan and I will cheer, and then you can take that cheer and you can. Overdub it. Duplicate it. That's right. Different pitches. Pan it left and right. (laughs) Do the wave. (laughs) Right. Uh, Rob's like, is this over yet? That says Rob. (laughs) Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us online at atbanter.com. Uh, they can also drop us an email if they so desire, if they want to suggest a show topic, comment on a show, or just say hello. Cowbell at atbanter.com. Where else can people find us? Well, if you happen to be on social media and you can find it in amidst all of the political crap that's going on right now, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
That is correct. And, 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 and I got an, and. and we got an email from Amazon today saying that our podcast is now on Amazon Music. Really? I couldn't wow. find it, but that's what they tell me. Yeah, great. Who's using Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. It is. We're on another platform. Woohoo! <laughs> nobody asked for it. Thanks. <laughs> I probably submitted it a month ago. <laughs> Amazon. What's Amazon Music? What are, what I are think. They well, I think their podcast. They they bought Audible, right? So Audible is doing podcasts. That's ridiculous. It's another platform for podcasts. I'm sick of all these platforms like changing and switching, and it's like, mm. oh, Apple Podcasts. Oh wait, no, just JK, JK, <laughs> Apple P or whatever the hell they rebranded. And, and Google does it. I it's just, it's just look. Yeah. Anyways, you can find yeah. us on TuneIn. TuneIn ain't going anywhere. Find us anywhere. Plug us, type us in. Trait. Find us. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Uh, all right. Well, that is going to about do it for us this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks to Chara from SuperSense AI for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. Ooh, you see, there was a good one. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.